This is Letters from the Lunchbox, a podcast centered on the short stories written by author Raylene Burnett. was inspired by powerful messages a father left on 3x5 cards in his children's lunch sacks as he battled cancer. He'd sometimes write words filled with humor, or other times he'd somberly ponder the future or offer gentle reflections. Perhaps most of all, he'd relay encouragement and well wishes for all that lay ahead. Each episode, we invite a guest to share their story and ask the question, what would your 3x5 card say? host Olivia and we're so excited to have Raylene Burnett here with us today. Welcome Raylene. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well I've read a bunch of your stories um, before this podcast today and I thought the origin story of how Letters from the Lunchbox came to be was so interesting. (laughs) You said it started at a funeral? Yes it did. I don't know if I've ever heard of a blog being inspired at a funeral before. (laughs) Um, Could you describe to me and the listeners how that happened? Sure. It's kind of a combination of a couple of different events. The funeral was one, and then there was also uh, an event that happened after Kevin died. And it was when I was home alone, and I was standing in front of a window... And in my hand, I had my late husband's phone. And I was scrolling through his pictures, the hundreds and hundreds of pictures that were on his phone. He was an amateur photographer at heart. He loved going different places. He'd take trips to the canyon, to the lake, to the city, Red Rock area, all so he could get the perfect picture. And I was scrolling through these pictures, and when I came to January of 2021, I slowed my scrolling a little bit. That was the month that he was diagnosed with cancer. And I wondered to myself, did he still take pictures? And I saw there in January a selfie. A selfie. Now, you have to understand that Kevin never took selfies. So I tapped the little thumbnail photo, and there he was. He was sitting in a brown leather chair. He had on a button-down button shirt. The top two buttons were undone. So you could see the chemo line coming from the pump and hooked to the port that was in his chest. And he looked good. He was happy. He had thick hair. And he was smiling. And he had a book on his lap. And I looked at that and I I started to scroll through to February and March. Maybe there'd be another one. And there was. And there there he was again in February and March. And... He still had on that a different shirt, a button-down shirt, and you could see that chemo line. He still had his thick hair, and he was smiling. 
So from February and March, I went to April and May, and I could see that he changed a little bit. His hair was thinning a little bit, and his face was maybe a little bit thinner. Maybe there was a touch of gray in the hair now. So after April and May, I went to June and July, and he was changing a little bit more. His, his shirt looked a little baggy and looked a little thinner. August and September, more selfies. Every, every chemo session was about two weeks apart. And this time his hair was turning wispy and gray. His cheekbones were a little more prominent, but he was still smiling. October and November, those selfies, I could see that his collarbone was protruding a little bit and his skin looked thin. You could easily see where the chemo port was in his chest now. And it was, it was becoming harder, I think, to sit for that long period of time. I finally made it to December. This was the last month he did chemo. His body couldn't take it anymore. And this picture, his eyes had sunk down a little bit. His hair was gray and wispy. His shirt looked like it was a couple sizes too big now. And he still was smiling. That was the last selfie that he took. That was the last chemo session. And as I stood there, I, I didn't want to look anymore. I put the phone down. It was too hard. It was too hard to see. It was like a spirit stomping montage of photos. And it only took me about three minutes to go through that those, those photos, just three minutes of a year of cancer. And I thought, three minutes? And then I realized, what, why? And it was because all of the stories that were in between those were missing. A photo was just a photo, but it didn't capture really all the stories in between those pictures that had happened that year. The 60th birthday party that we had outside and how he sat in a chair out in the grass and neighbors came and friends came and we ate cookies under a tree and we all were wondering if this was going to be the last birthday. And the excitement that he felt when he bought that turntable because he had sold his turntable that he had about 35 years ago. And he bought one because he wanted to play that Elton John collection. And then there was the way that he always looked forward to that same meal after every chemo session. We'd have to stop and get the bean and cheese burrito and the french fries. There was so much that a thumbnail picture couldn't capture. And I wished I had been better at capturing in written words the scenes those photographs could never capture.
it made me remember as I was standing there of the funeral, as you mentioned, that I went to oh, 10, 12 years ago for a man who was 44 years old and he passed away from cancer as well. I got to the funeral early and I walked around a big room that had full of displays of Brent, the man who had passed away. He was a vibrant man. He was married. He had three small children. And in the corner of this room, as I was walking around with all the other mourners there, and we were looking at these different displays, I saw three brown paper bags on a table. And the bags had been packed as if you were ready to pick up your lunch bag and head off to school. The tops had been folded down. And in front of each bag was a stack of index cards, three by five index cards. And there was a display in the middle of the table that explained, or an easel that, dis that explained the display. And the e on the easel it said that Brent, every morning before backpacks were packed and lunch and breakfast was eaten, he would sit at the table and wrote, and he would write some words to each one of his children. He did it every school day, through all the treatments, through all the pain, and he wrote messages of humor, and some were reflective and encouragement. He wrote stories. He told inside jokes. He gave personal counsel. He did all these things for his children. And then when he finished, he tucked that card inside that brown paper lunch bag and he created treasured heirlooms that those children will have forever. And I've never forgotten those messages or the value of those messages and those cards. And I think we all have our own 3x5 card collection. I have them, you have them, everybody has them. But we have to remember that memories fade just like a Polaroid picture, just like any picture will fade. If we're not vigilant and we don't record them, either in written word or spoken word, they disappear. And I want my children to remember not only the selfies of their dad, but all the stories in between. Wow. You know, I think what you said at the end there, actually, I wrote down this quote from um, the origin story on your blog of how Letters from the Lunchbox came to be. And, and you wrote, I've never forgotten the cards and the value of the messages written on them. And now 11 years later, cancer has made its unwelcome entrance into my world. Kevin, my husband, has stage four. A sneak, a sneak attack in the dark that provoked a gnarled tangled of emotions that I try to unravel each day. My own three by five lunchbox cards are reflections, struggles, and hopes that I share with you. So I'm assuming that was written, you know, while Kevin was still alive. Yes. Um, but based on like your story and, and what you just said, I just was, can you tell us a little bit 
about, I know you just touched on it, but what these three by five cards, not only, you know, you sharing, but that others are sharing what you hope, like the impact they will have on, on our generation and world will be. Well, I think we all have experiences, whether big or small, that touch our lives and and the importance of sharing those stories with others to touch their lives as well. Because you don't know what, what the person sitting next to you is going through and how your story can help them or the stories that we share with our family and how that binds us together and, and helps us feel uh, a tie with those people who may have already passed on or that live far apart from us. I think, you know, if we don't take the time to do that, just like I'm thinking about my own children I have three children, and I have lots of stories about my first child. I have a few stories about my second child, and my third child, my poor third child. (laughs) There's a few, but it's because I didn't write them down. I didn't take the time. You know, as Kevin was battling cancer, and we were experiencing all the emotions of going through that, how important it was, I felt then and I feel now, to document those things and to uh, remember each day what what happened because I'd forget. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like most everyone either knows someone or has a family member or someone that's battling cancer or, or has battled cancer, but... I did want to ask, what was that like going through treatment with your husband and, and family for you and, and your kids and your family? It was such a wide range of emotions. It's sort of like taking every emotion that you can think of written in the thesaurus and putting them in a blender. Some days it was good. Some days were bad. There were so many doctor visits and chemo sessions, lots of highs and lows, and things that would set you off crying that normally wouldn't. Um, I remember Kevin not complaining, not complaining, and he worked all the way up to the last month he was working. But I remember him going to chemo sessions and coming home, going and sitting in front of the computer, working as much as he could, then laying down on the bed, saying, I'm just going to lay down for a minute. And then two hours later, because it was chemo so harsh, so hard on your body. And I feel a little guilty now whenever I complain because I remember Kevin, and I remember Kevin never complaining. And it wasn't until, I think, January or so, because he died at the end of March, when he realized maybe he wasn't going to make it because he was so positive through the whole thing. And there's other little things that I remember. 
I remember the latest Spider-Man movie came out and he, and he wanted to watch it, but he also wanted to see all the other Spider-Man movies that came out before. So for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, we would sit and watch a Spider-Man movie and he would try very hard to stay awake and watch. And we made it all the way to the end. But the last Spider-Man, he didn't get to see. So there's lots of good things, lots of sad things. And through it all, um, I knew that God was with me and walking with me and walking with our family. We were never alone. Yeah. You know, another thing you wrote in your blog was, over the past year during Kevin's battle with cancer, I've been the recipient of countless kindnesses that strengthened my stride when I felt faint and lifted my spirit when I felt heavy-hearted. I am grateful for every remembrance. What kind of things were able to bring you strength or, or peace during this time to help you get through? Well, it's kind of interesting how Heavenly Father places people in your life and orchestrates things way before you know what's going to happen. I had been uh, working and there was someone who was hired whose husband had died a couple years before Kevin from the exact same cancer. And she became a dear angel to me and helped me. And then there were other people in my life that just showed up that I, that I know were placed there as angels to help me. And then there's always the, just the sweet things that so many people do, like for Christmas this past year, I decided I'm not doing Christmas. I'm not putting up the tree. I'm not doing anything Christmas because it was just sad. It just seemed like a sad day. So I was away for the weekend and a good friend and their family showed up at my house brought up all the boxes from downstairs and decorated my house, put the tree up and brought Christmas back to my home. And how grateful I am for that. And there's a hundred other examples that I could cite, but it's how grateful I am for people, for people who showed up. That's wonderful. I, I love the story on your blog post about the two little girls in your neighborhood that drew pictures. And no, the chalk people didn't have any heads or arms but because they ran out of room, but we're wishing you and Kevin you know, well to get better. And Yes, yes. Things like that that were just um, dear to my heart. I'll never forget. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think, I mean, hard things, obviously... We hate hard things, but it's wonderful to hear, you know, some of the good things that happened and the strength that I can obviously tell that you and your family have. But you know, you can't learn if you don't have hard things. Yeah. You, 
if, if you don't have hard things to learn from, how can you grow? How can you change? Yeah, exactly. You know, I've never really seen a blog created like yours where it's centered around short stories, right? Like it's not so much blog posts about your every day, but it's stories about your life. And as I was prepping for this podcast, I saw this quote that I loved. I'd never heard it before, but it says, short stories are tiny windows into other worlds, into other minds and dreams. They are journeys you can make to the far side of the universe and still be back in time for dinner. (laughs) And I thought that encapsulated your stories really well. Some of them I read like those little girls in your neighborhood and I'm laughing um, as it's entitled like arms and hands are optional or something like that. And then some of the other stories like your red vine stories, I'm close to tears. So, you know, it's nice though that I can take these five to 10 minutes and feel like I went through this whole emotional journey. But why did you choose short stories kind of as your medium and and why do you think short stories are important? I don't think there's any other way or any other more powerful method to inspire and to teach. That's what people remember are stories and they long to hear them. They long to hear stories about their own life. And they love to hear stories, a well-crafted story that other people teach or other people have said. Um, I remember asking my mom when she was alive if stories about me when I was young. She could remember a few, but not much. And one day I stumbled across this treasure of letters that she had written to her mom when I was little. And there were many letters about things that I had done or my personality or how I used to push kids off the swings because I wanted the swing. (laughs) And things like that that, you know, bind me to her and... Uh, bind generations together through stories. Stories can be used in personal lives. They can be used to teach. They can be used in business. They can be used in a a myriad of ways. And, uh, And I don't want people to think that their stories are not important because it can be a small thing. It can be a big thing. But most of the time, it's the small things that are the most meaningful. Yeah. You know, that makes me think, I'll confess right off the bat to being a terrible journal writer. I wish I was better. And you all get on streaks where I'll write for a while and then I don't write for a couple months. And then I feel like I have to cover the last two months before I can even write about today. But what do you think are good ways? I think a lot of people feel like they have stories to share, but maybe they don't really know how to make their voices heard or they feel like they don't have time to document those stories. What would you suggest to those people? To all of us, really. (laughs) 
Well, I think sometimes that we don't document our stories or write our stories down or voice record our stories because it just seems overwhelming. It just seems like, oh, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. I don't want to write a story. So don't write a story. Write two sentences. Write write something that will prompt, prompt your brain to remember. Okay, this is what happened today or... This is a story that I want to always remember uh, to tell my future kids or to tell my mom or to write down later. But if you don't write down just a few words, I guarantee you, a year from now, you won't remember that. And so just, just take the time to just do it. Just write two or three words. Um... Use your phone. You, everyone carries their phone around now with them. Use the notes app. Record something. And then keep it, you know, for a month or two and then transcribe it or write it down. But just make sure that you, you take the time. Yeah, you know, that makes me think, like, I spend probably too much time on social media and Instagram, but... It seems like a lot of people, you know, social media is very glazed over, right? It's always the perfect vacation, the perfect family. And it's easy to get caught up and think, why don't I live a life like that? You know, me at my job, I'll think, why, why am I not in Greece like all these mm. people? You know, but every once in a while, I'll see friends or family members post really raw things whether it's a story or a post something hard that's going on in their lives and there's been a couple times where I've been really vulnerable on social media and the feedback I've always gotten has been you know a lot of support and love or when I see other people's stories I just immediately feel a lot more connected to them so you know it doesn't even have to be on social media but maybe that's another good outlet you know for people to to share stories you know real things that are happening. Absolutely. Yeah, that is a great place to share them. And I think you you said it well when, when you said that um, the raw stories or the more uh, real stories are what you remember and the, it's what you connect with because it makes you feel like, okay, that person feels like I do. Like, I'm not alone. Look, all these people, I, I went to Europe not too long ago, and it was interesting to look around at all the different people in Germany and Paris and London and realize we're all the same. We, we really just want the same thing, so much of us. We want happiness. We want to be with our family. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about these stories that you run across that are more raw and how they are more meaningful to you, it's because um, it connects you with, with reality instead of the fakeness that you see on Instagram or Facebook. And you feel like, well, that's not me. What's wrong with me? But that's, that's fake. Yeah, exactly. There's a time and place for that, but I, I do agree with you that it's the real raw things that you remember. Mm -hmm. Well, 
based on everything we've talked about today and your platform, I'm going to ask you the question that we ask every time at the end of this podcast. What would your three by five card say if you could metaphorically slip it into a global lunchbox and, and share it with, with everyone? What, what would it say? Well, I would encourage everyone to share your story. However insignificant you may think it is, it's not. And it may be just what this world needs right now and what the person next to you needs. And be brave, even though you might think it's scary, even though you might think... that people will see a certain part of you that you don't want them to see. But what really happens is that uh, people will connect with you and you'll make a difference in the world. That's beautifully said. I think it's interesting that you use the phrase be brave. Something I've actually been thinking about a lot lately I know I can. I think we all can do a little bit better at being a little bit more brave in everything we do. But thank you so much, Raylene, for being on the podcast with us today. It really was an honor and a privilege to hear a little bit about your experience. And I know that I definitely will be walking away from this trying to be better at documenting and sharing my own stories. To all our listeners out there, thanks for being with us and thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a review if you'd like. Um, Our email is sharemystory at lettersfromthelunchbox.com. We would love if you would share your story with us and potentially bring you on the podcast to share it with others. We'll see you guys with a new episode in two weeks. (music) 